0: You're listening to New York's only home for Reefer Madness. Every week, we'll explore the unique perspective of cannabis in the global hub of commerce and culture. Hear the insights, stories, challenges, and successes of those blazing a path from Brooklyn to Buffalo and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Kaelin Cassetter, coming to you from the Green Valley of Opportunity, Binghamton, New York. This is the Empire State of Cannabis. Welcome to another episode of Empire State of Canvas. This is a special one. So I have my father, Jim Cassetter, here. He's a chief sales officer at Empire Standard. He's also a co-founder at Casseter Sustainability Group, uh, also co-founded Sovereign Vines, and all the way back in 97 with Hemp Wine America. So we'll get into that story. We'll get into a little bit about his perspective on the New York canvas industry, being a vet, and OG. Uh, Welcome to the show here, Dad. Thanks, Gillen. Thanks for having me. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you let us know exactly, so how it started, so we're going back about a year after I was born, I was born in 1996, and so 97, 96, mm. what was going on then, and what drove you to start Hemp Wine?
1: Okay, so I think I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back uh, a few years before you were born, mm-hmm. honestly, and it was uh, me and your mom getting married, um, being very interested in, in cannabis uh, at that point, and uh, trying to... to break in and and uh, get a little bit more knowledge out of it so what we did is is when we got married we planned our honeymoon to go to um, Holland Uh, we went to one other place and then we went to Amsterdam and the reason we went to Amsterdam is because um, uh, I remember very clearly a New York Times magazine comes in the Sunday New York Times on the cover they had a beautiful flower uh, stuff that that we only saw in catalogs here in the United States Said this is where we got to go the story had this little bit about uh this this one magical little place that uh attracted a lot of growers and knowledge hmm. and uh, they were they were really trying to change the laws in, in amsterdam at that point and, and throughout holland uh mom and i made the pilgrimage out there uh, we actually ended up at Positronics. Positronics was the hub the hub of amsterdam that's where all the great growers were, Hmm. that's where all the great seeds were coming from, that's where all the great uh, knowledge was coming out of. I spent a week there, uh, mom and I both, drinking uh, lovely herbal tea and learning about um, everything I could about cannabis. So
0: was Amsterdam the, you know, as it's known as like the cannabis place back then or not really? Well, it it was starting to get known
1: as the cannabis place. Wasn't legal, was tolerated. I remember going into uh, a couple of the coffee shops when we first arrived and it, and it was it was what we always envisioned, um, going in, looking at, at several different uh, varietals, very nice, grabbing a tea, um, a, a couple rolling papers and a filter, and going to the table and then enjoying your, your smoke and, and your beverage and then uh, going through a wonderful city. Um, that's what we always thought it was going to be like. And then there was the commercial coffee shops, too, with... Sure. You know, the Bulldog and so on and so forth.
0: So what were you looking to get there when you found Positronics? What were you looking for? Uh,
1: mainly, I was looking for knowledge on drying and curing. Hmm. Um, that was a that was an area that I was lacking uh, a little bit of skill in. I had ruined a, a couple efforts uh, previously to that because I had dried it too fast. I had dried it incorrectly, so on and so forth. Um, so I, w- I was looking for that knowledge, but I learned so much more. Hmm. Um, really about some of the fine genetics that were out there. A lot of the people at Positronics were um, uh, traveling throughout the world, uh, bringing in seeds from, say, India, from uh, Nepal, from uh, going down into Africa, Hmm. and then bringing these back and and learning how to um, uh, create uh, new, new strains of uh, cannabis at that
0: point. And what were some of the, the big strains that they were creating? Oh,
1: wow, there was uh, Northern Lights 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was the first to bring that back into the United States, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't want to talk about that, but it was a fun adventure. Uh, there was uh, Shiva, uh, which was just dynamite, dynamite stuff. There was uh, No True Skunk, and uh, they, they thought it was interesting back then, a little little story. I said, wow, don't you have anything that smells like skunk? Yeah. And they said, wow, we've heard about this skunk and skunk. But I said, what is a skunk? What, what does it smell like? <laughs> and I said, you know, it's like the little black animals with the white stripe down the back and they put off this horrible scent because we don't have those. <laughs> they said, that's why you never really smelled skunk. Did you? <laughs> so they, they would call it skunk. Hmm. But uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like true American, sort of North American skunk at that point. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, compared to, at that point, people were smoking uh, brown weed with seeds in it that was usually brick or compressed from, um, you know, uh, Mexico or wherever they were drying it in the field. Or... And, and you had to convince people with a uh, green flower that, that, no, no, that's homegrown. No, that's homegrown. No, it's better. How come there's no seeds in it? Hmm. Because it's better. Hmm. And that took a, that took a while wow. in,
0: in uh, the marijuana world. I mean, that's a completely different context because you look at now and it's all about, you know, these, you've got all these magazines, you've got, oh, you know, cannabis copies. Had, you had
1: high times and yep. then you had
0: hemp times. You had high times and hemp times. So, what was it there that you found hemp wine on uh, that trip? Well, yeah.
1: It, as a matter of fact, um, after spending my week in uh, Positronics, I became uh, friends with with one of the big growers there, Mao. Uh, and Mao started nir- our Nirvana Seed Company, Nirvana Home Brews. Uh, he had a he had a range of the Nirvana line. Hmm. Um, excellent grower. Um, took me to a place in Germany where they were doing a White Widow that was absolutely mind blowing. Hmm. Uh, just just wonderful uh, cultivator. And uh, at a party one night there, we're sitting in the early hours of the morning. And he's like, why don't you do the wine in the United States? I've got the oil that we put in, Hmm. which is a terpene, actually. And terpenes are just becoming, you know, the rage. But Boy, we were using terpenes back in the mid-90s, skewed off of uh, cannabis plants there, uh, grown by the border wow so it's um and they had no idea what it was either uh, yeah the, the u.s government had no idea um so so it's yeah, truly or, from hemp you think
0: or is it from
1: oh that, that was from cannabis it's but from cannabis, when you yeah. wick terpenes sure. anyway you're yeah. taking out the the, the thc because yeah. it's a steam distill so yep. you know it's um even and, and i had eventually i had my terpene tested by uh, customs after they seized an uh, order coming in hmm. and they did have to send it to me uh, i was about probably 20 milligrams short but, um, but
0: they found the THC.
1: No THC. That's why yeah. they had to give it to me. So I'm sure it confused the hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. The dogs picked it up. They they just couldn't. They couldn't make it illegal. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I, I started uh, the hemp wine at that point uh, in the United States using Mao's terpene from his wine. I uh, had no idea what I was doing as far as alcohol goes. I remember just... Uh, Kind of looking it up and I ordered application forms and I sat on my living room floor for about a week and just did all the paperwork and and created a label and sent it in and they gave it to me. And you and became
0: a bonded winery?
1: I became a bonded
0: winery. And you started Honestly, making Honestly, it wasn't wine that there. difficult. No. no. And it was, so you started making it right in your garage, right? Right in no. Milton? No,
1: no, no. no. Uh, not in my garage because I didn't have a garage. I lived in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> So I rented this uh, shack. It was basically a shack. It no longer exists because it was in such bad shape they bulldozed it over. But um, yeah, I I got the shack going and I created myself a winery out of that shack, which was almost like different sets to take pictures of. Yes, I had the bottling area, and then two feet over I took a picture of my processing area and then my packaging area and, boy, it was basically just a 360 of the shack Yeah. in, in different uh, sets, you might say. But,
0: but you didn't know wine, so you had to go find someone who did, right?
1: Uh, well, I, um, yeah, I needed some wine. Yeah. I drank some wine. I liked wine. I knew yeah. a little bit about wine. Uh, I knew I needed a white wine and a red wine. Yeah. Because those are the kind of wines. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I I was fortunate enough to uh live close to the Finger Lakes region mm-hmm. uh of New York State, big wine producer. Uh not ne- not nearly as many wineries back then as there are now. Yeah. But uh I went to the biggest one because I figured they had a lot of wine. And I had been laughed out. Actually, I had been laughed at uh a couple times by a couple smaller wineries there, and then I went to uh Glenora and <laughs> I uh, got an appointment somehow with the uh, head of Glenora and and steve and and gene pierce and and some of the the majors at Glenora winery uh couldn't find a babysitter that day had to take you with me in your little car seat <laughs> took you in, propped you up on the uh, counter there and said gentlemen this is this is hemp infused wine. This is what we can do. Hmm. They were intrigued heck I mean. You know, it was before ice wine or some of these gimmicky wines. Yeah. And we put together, uh, me and Steve, um, uh, the, the winemaker at um, uh, uh, Glenora, spent about two weeks uh, just, just making a wine. And he taught yeah. me so much about wine at that point. You know, um, how, the, how the, the sugaring effects and, and the sulfites and 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 how to treat it and how to store it. And, and I learned a lot. And we actually created a couple good wines. Yeah and then um, got my backpack on, filled up a bunch of uh, small, small bottles, the little splits like you yep. would see in an airplane, and uh, went down into Manhattan and just started going place to place, got myself a bunch of orders, and then ran back to uh, Binghamton and started making all that wine and mm-hmm. then delivering it down in the Jeep, and, and I found a, a distributor in California, Mountain People, I remember that, and uh, then I was in Whole Foods, in california then i was in hawaii Hmm. then i was in washington then i was in oregon then i was in nevada and it just kept going again in a very short amount of time yeah and then um (laughs) there was an incident on cnn where they reported that bill clinton and al gore shared a hempen ale Uh, there was uh my wine and then there was hempen ale uh frederick brewing company had that Hmm. We had talked before because we were the only two ones that had gotten this label in through ATF. Yeah. And um, after that, I I received a letter from Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And at that point, they were controlling all alcohol sales uh, in the United States. And I was told that no new labels would be accepted until a hemp policy was um, uh, um, implemented. Yeah. And at that point, we both got quite nervous uh, talking with the Frederick Brewery people saying this could be the end of us. And it certainly was. Mm. Um, Shortly after that, I got a letter from Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms stating that I was allowed to sell through my inventory and that was it. Yeah. And they revoked my labels.
0: Yeah. And so we know now the context of what was going on. Then you need to talk about you know Richard Rose with Hemp Nut and all yeah. everything else that's going on in the hemp movement. Yeah. Was so so at attention. that time, at
1: that time, so I had done some hemp expos uh, myself and, and met Richard and, and a bunch of uh, Stella from uh, uh, what was it um, Planet Hemp or something? I, it was a clothing uh, designer and she was she was doing very well. Richard with the the Hemp Nut I remember was doing very well. There was a lot of food products. Um, uh, hemp seed, hemp seed oil that were coming out. And basically most of it, body shop. Yeah, I did the, uh, my wine actually launched the body shop uh, hemp line. We were wow. there down in New York city with uh, Woody Harrelson and, and Anita erotic and, and so on and so forth, which I, I believe they just discontinued the hemp line or
0: they actually added a CBD. Oh, they body did. They just Oh, okay. added so CBD they just upgraded. At, yeah. yeah so 22 might,
1: years later. Yeah. Your mom uses it. So, yeah. you know, I just see it every now and then. Um, but but uh, yes, it was it was mo- mo- most of the most of the supply was coming in from Canada at that mm. point, so the DEA got into it. Uh, they basically stopped everything at the border. They knew that uh, a lot of these people were small companies. They could just bleed them dry by holding their inventory there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just it just really put a big dent into the hemp industry at that point. And, and the government achieved exactly what they were out to achieve. Do you
0: think there was a lot of momentum at that time? Well, it was a, a
1: lot of momentum, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were starting to gain the attention of uh, some politicians mm. uh, at the San Francisco Expo. I remember we had uh, uh, Willie Brown there. He was the mayor of San Francisco at, the, the, at that time. Uh, I believe Gavin Newsom was there, too, I believe, mm. as a uh, young uh, a, a politician or hopeful politician at that time. That point but uh, yeah it was gaining a lot of attention and media and you know again uh it was it was the media attention that kind of doomed us yeah you know at that point because wow if how did it get on air force one yeah and if the president and vice president are consuming it boy we better watch out because you know as as we know now the president's words do uh do influence people
0: yeah they do and and you know it's interesting you dig up those news stories about you know what happened and i guess uh the uh, contractor that was supplying the food and beverage said oh it was an oversight blah blah, blah. but i'm sure someone put that on there. oh absolutely so, you know, and it was intentional so so yeah i mean i think th- that story where you know hemp wine essentially ceases to exist in 98 99 Gone. and 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 that kind of it to what was going on in the hemp industry in general. I mean, you see a lot of hemp products, and then you've got you know the lawsuits end up in two thousand four H I versus D A, and you don't see a resurgence of the of the American hemp industry again until twenty fourteen until the Farm Bill passes.
1: Right, right. And HIA was uh, brand new at that point too. Um, I, I used to put uh, hemp Industries Association logo on every single bottle, oh. on every just just to get that out too. Yeah. You know maybe people would be interested in that. It was uh, really the beginning of the internet there wasn't much of a web presence then Mm. so you know you were you were really dependent on uh say hemp times i did a lot of advertising there a lot of reviews uh sending out my wine just to uh major newspapers yeah you know uh, like like rocky mountain news before they closed uh they did a big piece on me and i would take a lot of these uh articles from from mainstream media and and make copies of them and put them on poster boards and whenever I'm out there, I would put out my my legitimacy cards. Yeah, and that's so. That's, the interesting thing is now you, you
0: see what we I mean. You call, we call it the green rush, right? I mean, right private now. equity. Every you know the suits are. But back then it was real grassroots, <laughs> wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was really grassroots. I I, I actually uh, I remember I got into a little little uh, trouble, you know, with uh, some of the 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 hemp people by by saying, hey, you know, this is. This is what we have to do. We have to get out of these tie dyes. We have to get into the suits and we have to start playing like real business people. Yeah. You know, uh, to for people to take notice of us. And unfortunately, we kind of got what I asked for. Yeah. And uh, look where we are now. We've got a lot of these these suits in there, but they may be worse than a lot of the people in the tie dyes as, as uh, far as the business. Yeah. Area I mean, there.
0: And so so let's just talk about, about, let's fast forward to, you know, 2015, 2016, when, um, you restarted hemp wine, right? And what, right. Were, what were your feelings around that? I mean, you see the hemp industry. You know, we're starting to see. You know, obviously with the pilot program, people are talking about hemp again. But it actually, 2015, even five years ago, was hemp was not what it is right now. It was not everywhere, right? So, what were your kind of feelings as? Well, you know, I'll we, tell you. We went in 2015,
1: it? when you conned me back into this business. <laughs> um, there was a lot more attention being played to hemp. There was a lot more national media stories. There was mm-hmm. there was a lot more political interest into it mm-hmm. um, at that point. I noticed that. Uh, if I hadn't have noticed that and realized how had it how it had changed from you know going back into the, the '90s, early 2000s, that um, you know this this may be the time we've actually got we've actually got a little momentum with states, especially in New York State. Things mm-hmm. were starting to really happen there. Donna Lepardo was yeah. was uh, going hard. She's our assemblywoman, right place, right time. Yep. I figured now's the time to get back into it. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, things weren't quite as as progressed uh, as as far as like legislation and and regulation goes as they are now. But um, I think it was the right time to jump back into the hemp industry, and uh, especially with back then we had we had a few different products and that was about it clothing was really emphasized at that point back mm. in you know the mid 90s and everything yeah. and it made some really nice uh, inroads as far as clothing goes the nutritional factor uh, with, with richard and i mean he was he was on top of it back then that's yeah. for sure um, but but there wasn't extracts there wasn't so many products the we, edibles were I mean, my goodness! Now it's it, there's edible vitamins. Everyone's gone on the edible gummy. There was no gummies back then. It was, it's it's really expanded almost like scientifically. Yeah. You know uh, now, as opposed to then. So there's a lot more science going into it, which I like. There's a lot of carefulness now. Uh, carefulness isn't really. I don't, I don't even know if that's a word. But hmm. there's there's a lot of caution. Hmm. And, and mindfulness that goes into developing products. I, I, I think with a lot of legitimate hemp uh, um, manufacturers now. Yeah, sure, there's still some people that are putting out some garbage product, maybe some oil from China, whatever that may be. Yeah. But I, I think as, as we get into this, that will weed itself out, and uh, we'll be back to a, a legitimate industry. And, and I, I, I think that's very important, but just, just even about a year or two years ago there was that little kink where people were where cbd was becoming popular p- uh, reporters were going in and buying cbd off the convenience store shelves or wherever and starting to independently test it and then that gave me a little bit of worry when i started you know to hear mm. stories of there's no cbd in this there's heavy metals in this there's contaminants in this you know this this product is misrepresented mm. You know, and then there's some people who are saying it's a cancer cure, whatever. That's there's no place for that right now. Yeah. And um, that gave me a little bit of hesitation. Almost derailed uh, the legitimacy. I I think it almost did derail the legitimacy. But um, thank goodness for places like New York State Mm. that jumped on that. Yes, some of the some of the regulations are burdensome and, you know, you you don't necessarily want to do that it costs you a little bit of money to go out and do it the right way yep. and uh, you have to invest in that but boy in the end it's 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 that's what's going to make that because this isn't
0: the 90s girl. anymore
1: it's not the 90s anymore this is no, something this, different. this isn't even yeah. the 2000s anymore this yeah. is
0: this is a new era you know era. this
1: is this is high tech yeah. and and some of the products that that some of these folks are starting to come out with now i mean blow me away i never i never imagined there was <laughs> The the delta eight THC, holy cow! I'm still trying to learn about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still trying to learn the about different derivatives, and some of the uh, the extraction methods and techniques.
0: So, do you think though that there is almost a crisis of culture? I mean, so you know, you, we went to the Indo Expo a couple years ago, right? And so, you know, do you think though that the culture around cannabis is sort of being stripped down? And if that, do you think, do you see that as a problem or inevitability almost? Well, I think I think it can be
1: problematic. It is inevitable. Hmm. Um, that it will take mainstream. some time to yeah. sort everything out and find out what people are willing to consume, how they're willing to consume it, um, at what levels. Do I want to see everyone going around high? And No, no. But I, I, I do think in, in these, these crazy times that we're in, my goodness, it, when you lump in 2020, Hmm. It's been one of the shit years I've ever seen. Pardon my French, yeah. but it's it's horrible, and to see hemp products, cannabis products coming coming and addressing some of the needs that humanity is experiencing right now is uh, pretty awesome to me. I mean, yeah. my goodness, when when you see that that CBD and and I've seen it firsthand with a, with a lot of folks that are not wealthy they cannot go to their own private little vacation spot and mm. and and get through covid yeah and and they're actually taking some tincture they're they're taking some of our our farmer select uh hemp bud which i love and and not necessarily smoking it but making a tea of it at mm. night so that it relaxes them they actually wake up and they say wow i actually, i had a good night's sleep i was able to focus this morning i feel like i can take on today when every day is groundhog day essentially here, yeah. you know, and it's getting harder and harder to take on each and every day. And I don't think people necessarily want to go around high all the time. Yeah. And I think they're, 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 they're finding out that, wow, I can get some great benefit out of this. I can actually feel good mentally, physically go attack the day and, and not experience that, that intoxication, yeah, and and I think that's that's really opening up for hemp CBD right now, THC free uh, issues, yeah. um, the, the 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 farmers select uh, energy drinks that we have coming out and the relaxation drinks. I mean, they're wonderful. I, I just it's just we can incorporate the benefits of hemp and cannabis. In a non-intoxicating, uh, intoxifying way,
0: or intoxifying, I mean,
1: intoxicant. Sure, I I love it or myself. Both. Or, you know, you know yeah. but you have to have both. Yeah, and and really, it brings it brings um, the benefits of cannabis to uh, the, the the greater population.
0: So it's interesting because so you know we hear you talk about the consumer and you talk about the the customer and what this can do, yeah. but a lot of the industry is focused on analytics, earnings, growth. Um, how many stores can you open, right? I mean, it's dominated by private yeah. equity. Yeah.
1: If, if people don't understand it, they're not going to buy it. Yeah. And if people don't buy it, all your uh, investment goes goes up into the air.
0: Yeah, so, so do you think that it's a natural correction that a lot of these big firms, these private equity firms, they're just gonna go away because people aren't gonna buy their products because that's what we're seeing. They're not making the money that they wanted to. And so when you hear someone, like I said, I mean, you're, you're chief sales officer at Empire Standard, you are in charge of developing products, making sure these products are sold. And so do you think that the disconnection between the customer and the producer is really driving a lot of the failures in the cannabis industry right now?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. And that goes back to uh, my hesitation here about a year ago uh, when you started to, to hear a lot of these stories about maybe this is a con. Hmm. You know, Maybe this is some fly-by-night gimmick. Hmm. And it's not. And, and when people spend a lot of money to get a tincture that really isn't effective for them because, A, they don't have dosage information, B. They don't have uh, uh, how high a milligram to uh, to buy and purchase. Um, they don't have any information on its purity, where it was grown, who it was grown by, so on and so forth. Then uh, they lose faith. Yeah. Uh, they lose a little bit of trust. So what and about you people? You have to you have to be patient and gain that trust. Yeah.
0: Well, you got to be patient. And so, patient. So what do you, you know? You've seen people jump into the canvas industry, they complain mm-hmm. it's super hard, they sure. have their heartburn, etc. et cetera, what do you say? Because in some instances, I mean, listen, it's been hard since 1995, right? Yep. Kind of buckle up, right? I mean, so what do you think, what, what would you say to someone who's experiencing those troubles and looking at this industry and just throwing their hands up and like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore?
1: Well, there's going to be a certain percentage of the people that throw their hands up and can't do it anymore and then go on to the next thing. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I would think a lot of those people were in it just to make a quick buck anyway. Yeah. Uh, they'll be on to the next, I don't know, sleep aid that's natural or what, what, whatever is going to come up. Yeah. Those people that know the benefits, believe in the product, uh, know that they're putting out a good product. That's that you got to got to have faith in what you're selling mm-hmm. and going out and telling people because it's your name and it's your word. Yeah. And and those people, if if they do everything correctly step back and take a look at their business and say, how can we make this a good business that that is efficient? Uh, keep the cost down, right? Keep your product uh, close to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you know who grew that. Yeah. I, I know who grew our stuff. Yeah. I know who processed it. It's us. Yeah. You know, I have faith in this product. Then that's going to carry over to the customer. Yeah. And as it builds up and people try your product and they get benefit from that product or they it meets their expectations, then you start to build a brand. Yeah. You start to build trust with the consumer and then the sales start to come.
0: Yeah. And so let's talk about New York because you've been in New York since or for the past a long thirty time. years, right? A long time. And so you're a New Yorker mm-hmm. and New Jersey is about to legalize, Massachusetts has legalized, Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor is talking about legalizing cannabis on Twitter every single day, right? So, Vermont legalized, Maine. So, it's inevitable. New York, it's coming. What do you think New York is a special place for cannabis or do you think it's just another one of these and other states are going to add it's another Colorado, et cetera. Do you think something special is happening?
1: Here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, New York's a special place, period. Yeah. All right. As I like to say, it's the last bastion of civilization in the United States. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Governor Cuomo. We are first in New York. We like to do things and be pioneers. We have this already on the table. Yeah. Let's take action. All right. Do we need all these people? And, and this is this is what uh, some of the some of the fear is, too. So New Jersey legalizes this year. It's on the ballot. Yep. it's going to pass. It's, it's, it's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, how many access points from downstate New York over into in, into New Jersey, northern New Jersey, do we have? Yep. Can you police it? Absolutely not are we going to lose revenue on that? Absolutely.
0: business opportunity.
1: Do we need revenue? Do we need new business opportunity? Do we need jobs? Right now, more than ever, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just be a little un-New York. Stop going through regulating, regulating, regulating. We've got a good base of regulation right now. It's already on the table from what I understand. Yeah. We just need some action. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to take that action because it, we're going to be closed out.
0: Yeah, we are. And so, with federal legalization, legalization, what about those who say New York is not the place to grow cannabis? It's not the Emerald Triangle. It's not, you know, California. Uh, you can California. grow cannabis anywhere. It's not Oregon. Yeah. You,
1: know. you can grow cannabis anywhere. Yeah. What makes what makes California any different from us? Um, California has its own set of uh, cl- climate problems. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't know how much cannabis uh, this past season was burnt to a crisp. Yeah. I don't know how much cannabis this season in California, Oregon, Nevada, wherever they want to grow out there is tainted by the smoke yeah. and all the uh, carcinogens that are in that smoke. Mm. Um, in New York, we have
0: water. Do yeah, we do the largest amount of fresh water in the world? I
1: mean, we have, we have a lot of benefits here uh, to be growing cannabis. We actually have a climate. So we can, we can develop strains that in any lab you can develop a strain. But if, if we want to go outside and we want to use Mother Nature to our advantage, we actually have a perfect climate to be growing cannabis here and to be growing hardy strains and and to be growing like good strains. I'm sorry, a, a lot of the cannabis I've had from a lot of other states just is very average to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's nothing really unique. Everything's been bred to death. Yeah. Uh, I think in I think in New York where we're just beautifully situated to uh, to excel yeah. in cannabis here. So and uh, we I'm sorry, we do have one of the, the greatest city in the world right here, too, yeah. uh, New York City, and a wonderful farming community just 100 to 200 to 300 miles up the state. I mean, we can keep it all in state. Mm-hmm. We can keep it pure. We can keep our farmers going. We can keep our business people going. Um, there's, in New York is perfectly situated for cannabis.
0: Yeah, and so as a... VET as an OG of the New York cannabis industry, what would you say to everyone that's thinking about New York and, and the future? Is it just the beginning here in New York?
1: Well, yeah, of course it's the beginning because we don't have legal cannabis yet. Yeah. Um, we have to do this the right way in New York State. We have to get it out there. We have to be uh, timely about it. Uh, right now, we really do because we're going to be surrounded. Yep. Um, let's, let's, let's get the legislation going. We already have regulations. let's put it together. let's stop all the infighting here and, and, and New York that's, that's a, a critical thing, yeah, right There's different regions of New York are different parts of New York state. It's almost like we live in three different states within a, yeah. a state, you know we're mm-hmm. three different regions. Um, the downstate region, I understand they want the revenue. I understand some of their populations may not be uh, amenable right now to cannabis, yeah, right but there's plenty of places in New York that are. Yeah. So let's stop this squabbling. Let's all, if, if, if we're going to take the tax revenue, let's pool it. Let's take some of it and, and put it towards social justice matters if that's, uh, if that's what we're going to do. Let's put it towards schools if that's what we're going to do. But if we're just going to sit around and talk about that's what we're going to do and how we're going to divide the money, we're never going to do anything no, because right, we're right, not right. going to have any cannabis. Yeah. And then all our money is going to go to other states. Yeah. Why fill their coffers when we can be filling ours?
0: Yep. Well, thanks for sitting down. It was a great conversation. Sure, uh, sure. Sorry, I keep
1: looking out the window. I'm just looking at this absolutely gorgeous (laughs) New York State fall right now. New York State fall. And it's
0: almost over. We're going to have a beautiful New York winter. Lovely. You know, lovely. And then get ready
1: for a a great spring. I mean, hey, it's it's our winters and our falls and the leaves falling and, and everything else that goes into making this soil wonderful yeah you know look at I'm sorry look at the Colorado soil my gosh it's 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 dirt I mean that's that's Sand. real dirt yeah, yeah. where they got to keep pushing fertilizer into it pushing fertilizer into it We have the black gold here in, yeah, in I mean. like Washington County mm-hmm. and we're not pushing fertilizer into it all the time this is organic stuff this is this is this is glacier made man yeah come on
0: it's truly special yes and it, it truly is. is the Empire State
1: yes it is. Let's build a cannabis empire out of it, too. Come on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. That was another episode of Empire State of Cannabis. Like, subscribe. uh, Follow us on Facebook for new episodes every other week.